0: Welcome to another episode of Mental Conversations, a podcast focusing on positive mental health and overcoming the struggles of life. Um, My name's Chris Sutton and I'm excited because today I'm joined by, see I've put Katarina. It's Katrina. Right, well this is, so straight off the bat I like to get things wrong.
1: Get another syllable in, why not? So
0: um, Kat Lawrence um, and thanks for coming in. You describe yourself on Instagram as all style, no substance. Yeah. Um, a recovering addict, writer, mental health advocate, um, and public speaker. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming in. I've, we've met once before. We have. We had a great conversation, mm-hmm. and I was like, please, can we go and do that again?
1: <laughs> and then you bribed me, and I,
0: I said yes. I bribed you with um, a sparkling water. Yeah, I'm rock and roll these <laughs> days, what can I say? <laughs> So today, um, we're going to talk about self-harming. Mm-hmm. And it's something that you have experience of and know about. Yeah. And it's something I don't know much about. Mm-hmm. And I was really interested to, to kind of, like I say, redo our conversation. For sure. Um, so what's your experience? My experience with self-harm?
1: Um, well, for me personally, I ex- used self-harm for kind of as long as I can remember. Um, it was interesting. A while ago, I, I always thought... My journey with self-harm started when I was 17, Mm -hmm. Um, but actually I look back and I was self-harming from a really young age. I was putting my hand in hot food and hot drinks from the age of about three or four, some of my earliest memories doing that. Wow. So when I look back to my behaviours, now that I'm more aware of them, I was actually self-harming in various forms from being a toddler until a couple of years ago. So... uh,
0: Big majority
1: so of my life. So it's all your life, is Yeah. It? Really, pretty yeah.
0: much. So, so have you, like, what's what's happening in your mind then? What's happening when, like, what kind of thought processes are you going through? Um, Before self-harm? Yeah. Um,
1: there was a lot of different things, really. And I think the thing to remember about self-harm as well is it's very personal to different people. Yeah. And it's almost, um, there's almost a sacredness to it, which I think is why people find it, so difficult to talk about, so personal. I don't find that anymore. I find that if I talk about things, they are in the past. So I'm very open about it because I don't want to hide any of my behaviours. What do you mean
0: by sacredness?
1: Um, There's definitely a kind of...
0: um, What's the word I'm looking for? A routine like a spiritual oh okay so so it is like right so it's like a spiritual practice almost kind like of a, like I a... can't
1: think of the word what, a ritual what, a ritual <clears throat> yes yeah. there's a ritual element to it I think right in that you get yourself ready for it you prep what you need to and um, it's it, it can be like that it can be completely off the cuff as well and uh, bar, I think two incidents. I was always very much under the influence of drugs and alcohol before I did it, right? Um, because I would want to, quite honestly, I'd want to get the results that I wanted. So I'd want to numb my self spiritually and physically as well. Right. Um, but it also it's that form of escapism that I used to go to to then to then do it.
0: So you so are you saying that you would you would use the drugs and alcohol to Help you get to that point where you were able to self harm. Yeah, in terms. So the self harm -harm was like the the goal.
1: Yeah, kind of. So I'd 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 kind of. Am I not swear? Should I not swear? Uh, Probably not. I would press the (laughs) effort button. (laughs) Right. Okay. Say, Um, and then it was that was my goal. That was my goal. Sometimes it would be that I'd decide to self harm, and then I'd use drugs and alcohol. Sometimes I'd use drugs and alcohol. And then I'd decide to self-harm. Right. Um, so it was an extension of how I was feeling, basically, because it was those things that you hear about. It was a release. Yeah. It was also, you know, wanting to show my pain on the outside, even though I kept it very, very secret. Yeah. So it was mainly for me. And the only time I would ever really take any care of myself would be after I'd self-harmed. Right. Um, and then I'd be really caring for you know that external part of me
0: because I, I I read an article that you'd written mm. and it and you've said um I I wrote this down actually mm. <clears throat> you you said about wanting to make your outsides feel like your inside. yeah yeah so like so what kind of um this is like as you know this is a mental health podcast so I'm I like to try and find out what people are feeling then, what kind of emotionally...
1: Yeah, for sure. So I the thing is, I was very aware of my pattern for years. I yeah. knew where it all stemmed from. I just wasn't able to, to stop it. So I knew that my problems came from abandonment as a child by my father, um, and that I was constantly needing attention and validation from men. I was very confused as to what love was from a man. So I would... Um, it would be as minor as I would text a male friend. There was mm. nothing more to it mm. than that. They wouldn't respond to me immediately, and I would then self harm off the back of that.
0: So your thought process—you're going down a route of wor- like having all these different totally worries, rejection,
1: and- totally, you know, not good enough, and um, yeah, then just escaping into that, basically. Yeah, mm. I mean, I
0: because I, I can associate with that feeling of. Um, or those, some of those thought processes, yeah. and I've never um, self-harmed. But in mm. terms of, yeah, like, I quite often, even now, you know, I'll send someone a message, and if you don't get a res- response within a certain amount of time, yeah. you'll start having those conversations in your own mind yeah. around what's potentially yeah. happening. Yeah. And actually, it's powerful, isn't it? Because sometimes it's, it becomes reality in your mind as to what's happened. Definitely. And and there could be, you know, numerous like reasons behind it but you go to you kind of create your own truth oh for
1: sure and you and you yeah you catastrophize and then that is the truth and then that's what you're going for yeah and then all of those you know entrenched feelings are all to do with that so those feelings that I had from being abandoned by my father I went straight back to that extreme if I didn't get a text message back. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Definitely. So interestingly then. So if you I don't want to skip on too much to mm. the um um to a kind of end point, but if you know mm. what the kind of source was yeah. of this. Did that is that help? Was that helpful to you? For a long time no because I was um
1: completely addicted to self-harm so I was incapable of stopping and I knew and this is the thing I there was a lot I you know I spoke to a lot of practitioners in mental and physical health and you know they they were a bit perplexed because they 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 said you've got this great awareness but why are you not stopping you know but it wasn't until I stopped drinking and taking drugs that I gained some control over the self harm. Right.
0: Basically. So it's all, I mean it, <clears throat> as with lots of things, it's not it's not just one thing, is it? No. So um but yeah, I mean I like I can relate to that with, with other things, like even like sugar, for example. Yeah. I mean we, I know we're gonna meet another time and do a um a show about um addiction. Mm-hmm. So I don't wanna go too far into that. But it's, it's interesting that you kind of like you say it's a pattern that you yeah. then you can't, you can't break it mm. and in fact knowing the source of something mm. or, or having an idea of the source mm. of it I remember when I first started going to therapy mm. and I started like um, seeking out therapy mm. I um, that was my thing I was like I want to know what the, what the cause was because yeah. then I think I'll be able sure. to fix it Yeah. yeah, yeah. and then um, I found through psychotherapy that mm whilst that may have been helpful it it, even understanding it doesn't fix it yeah like you but so like you said about you're going to see specialists and things and them say well why can't you stop Mm. it it's because the path, it's the pattern you need to break, mm. isn't it?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think there's two things there. One is being told that you have something, mm. therefore you kind of compute that as you're worthy to feel a certain way. Yeah. Um, and you're justified in it. You know, I, I did a video the other day about I still really struggle with if I have poor mental health and I can't f- figure out a reason for it, I really try to break out of it rather than just sit and feel what I'm feeling. And then the other thing is... If that's your only coping mechanism mm. and that is taken away, what do you do then? Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's destructive, if that's all you know, yeah. um yeah. and that's the only thing that you have to change the way that you feel or to numb the way that you feel. And it
0: gets taken away. And it
1: gets taken away, yeah. It, forget about it. There's nothing So there. with
0: that in mind then, one of the things I've written actually mm. in my notes is about feelings. Yes. So what are you you feeling then in terms of the... So if that's your coping mechanism, that suggests that it's doing something positive and Mm -hmm. is a release of some sort for you, I mean mentally. Yeah, yeah. So what what did it make you feel? So
1: I I will touch on addiction slightly because it is very much tied into that for me. And being in recovery, I now understand my mind a lot better Mm -hmm. and my whole life up until then was escaping my emotions. Anything I could do to not feel the way that I was feeling basically be that honestly be that happy. Sometimes I couldn't, it was just, it was too much of an explosion of emotion or I wanted to keep that going or um, sadness, um, rejection, confusion, anger, all of those things. When they came up, I couldn't deal with that. I couldn't sit with those uncomfortable feelings. It was too uncomfortable. So I had to use anything I could within my power to escape feeling anything. To be quite honest with you. So, in, so like,
0: what I'm thinking is, and maybe I'm just trying to like, like, or maybe I'm looking for something to liken it to. Mm. But um, I have a sore shoulder, yeah, right? Yeah. So, and I have, and I do yoga all uh, quite a lot of yoga, yeah. but. My shoulder is still really sore. Yeah. So I have one of these, I have this little orange ball mm-hmm. that I like lie on. Yeah. And kind of roll it around underneath my yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, And after I've done that, mm-hmm. I go,
1: oh. Yeah.
0: Like, oh, that feels better. Yeah. And it only lasts for you know a few hours maybe. Yeah. And then it starts tightening up again. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the sensation I get. Yes. So... Is it, and you know, so it's a mm. relief sensation.
1: It is, yeah, because you've got all this pent up and it's a release and it's a relief. And I think a lot of people are really, when they talk about self-harm with me, they want to know why. Why? What did you feel? What did it change in you? And I actually think that every single person I've ever met in my life has self-harmed at some point to some extent. So you need to think about the patterns that you use. So mm. be it... Um, using a massage ball, but maybe doing it a little bit too deeply, oh, definitely. or yeah. biting your nails, mm-hmm. um, and you know, or not taking the pain medication, or you know, there's a lot of things that we do to self sabotage. Yeah. Um, having a bath that's too hot, or yeah. there's loads of minor little things that yeah. we do to to make ourselves to. to <laughs> It, it is, it is, self-harm obviously has such huge connotations, um, but when you look at the minor things behind it, I think everyone does them to a minor degree. And I think that's also why self-harm terrifies people. Mm. I think on one side they cannot fathom how I could have taken a knife to my arm for many, many years and been hospitalised and all of that. But at the same time, it's so within our own power. Yeah. You can anyone can do that to themselves. And we have all done it to a certain extent. You know, Chinese
0: burns at school or there's a
1: real intrigue and it's this, you know, it's that playing with
0: fire thing. Do you know what there's, as well, is is I think that um, it's, it is another, people, you you said the word sabotage a minute ago. And I've had conversations with people quite a lot um, around how um, any kind of inadvertent, commas, destructive behaviour, yeah. and it's not necessarily physical. Yeah. You know, it could, you yeah, you yeah. you put yourself in situations, yeah. and and again, you put yourself in situations mentally. Mm-hmm. You know, you are you you are having a thousand thoughts a minute, a second. Yeah. You know, like and but the one you grab hold of. Yeah. and then like then your behaviour for the next two minutes two days two yeah. years whatever is grasped onto that mm. some of that stuff is sabotaging behaviour as well you know yeah. and it, so it, it's it's a similar thing but I, but, and I mean do, do you agree with that is that am I yeah, on the I'd, right I
1: mean I do it with anything so um, like one example I well I remember a couple of years ago I got an iPhone hmm. and I would do I would put it in places where I knew that it would probably fall on the floor and smash or things like that yeah. so I kept doing that until one day it fell out of my pocket which I hadn't closed when I was going to the loo and it fell and it smashed on the floor and I was like okay fine I feel comfortable with that now yeah. because I feel like I deserve that iPhone because it's smashed and I'm, I'm not scared of it anymore and that's what I'm worthy that of. Is a so a powerful image. Yeah. yeah so I would
0: do things like that
1: all the time and I still do to a much lesser extent
0: but I think this is my this is kind of my point is I think that like you've said Mm. most if not all of us do yeah to some degree yeah we 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 walk down if you're struggling with self-esteem yeah which you know the majority of people do to some degree um yeah you you kind of you look for what you deserve but what you deserve is your own definition of it. Yeah. So actually, if you really love yourself and you mm. really care about yourself and you think, "Wow, what an amazing person I have the potential to be," yeah. then maybe you walk this. You know, I don't do that, yeah. but maybe you walk this different life yeah. of attracting things because you're more because you feel like you're worthy of them.
1: Yeah, definitely. And my, I remember my. So I was af- so I had my biological father who was an alcoholic who we walked out on and then I was adopted by another man who became my dad and I remember him saying to me, why do you have to destroy everything? He just couldn't understand. I'd is. get a toy yeah. and I'd get become obsessed about it and then I'd just trash it. Yes. And my room was an absolute pigsty for years because I thought that's what I deserved and that's what I lived in. And now, I love nothing more than getting into cleaning my room. Your
0: whole face just I laughing. I know, I That's love it. Thing, it's just,
1: but it is those minor things that, are, that just happen because you've changed the internal. Yeah. Really have changed yourself spiritually rather than fixating on all the external things to try and fix it. So, you know, for me, it was validation from men, yeah. food, um, sex that I didn't enjoy, but I just wanted to feel... That they needed me, you know, all of these tools and self harm in various forms and yeah. all of that kind of stuff that I was chasing because I thought it was going to make me feel better.
0: What's really powerful about this for me, having done you know thirty odd of these episodes mm. now, and you know, and I obviously the, I, I speak to a different person or I've had people come back, but it's it does seem to me like this is you know the the self harm. is is extreme and is like something that like you said it's shocking and Mm -hmm. it's you you know to quote you actually you've said about um, talking to people and watching the horror in their faces Mm -hmm. in your article I recommend anyone to read that article it's really really amazingly written really powerful stuff as well changed me the way I think but what I was going to say was it always seems to come back down to regardless of the subject I'm talking about with someone that it is internal for and it's sure. not the external things yeah. that are having the effect mm. it's how you deal with the external things it's how you cope with them yeah. and i know that you know there's the buzz thing of resilience and mm. etc and yeah i get it and but it's that um and that's great if it can be kind of communicated to people more widely you know by using language that people can accept mm. but it does feel to me that it comes down to um, and anyone who listens regularly is going to roll their eyes already. But, uh. but about it's the relationship with yourself. Yeah. You know, and, and actually having a. How many people seem to have wandered through life not having a relationship with themselves yeah. or not really thinking yeah. about that? Yeah. Um, or is that just waffle?
1: If you don't like yourself, why not?
0: Yeah. Self harm. Well, yeah. Well.
1: Because why? Because why not? Because you don't like yourself.
0: It will, and it, because you know. it, and it, and this is the thing. It's another um, physical self harm. But you know, there mm. are like you say, there are other things that mm. other ways of sabotaging yourself. Yeah. Whether that's smashing your iPhone or smashing your toys yeah. or deliberately, uh, even subconsciously wrecking a relationship that yeah. you know with, yeah, with yeah, someone yeah. that that could have been a really positive thing in your For life sure. and you kind of sabotage it some way mm. and. Mm. Um, yeah, so so we all you know, all of those things kind of come down to that. If people maybe spend some time reflecting, having a look at why they're acting in a certain way. And
1: I think then the other thing, the hard bit, is making the change. So you can recognise it and you can analyse it to death trying really hard not to swear I'm such a swearer. Um I can put I can quite put explicit material. explicit material on the <laughs> podcast and then
0: people will know but No, no,
1: I am I am an explicit piece of material. Um <laughs> but I yeah, it, it's then it's then making that change. That's the difficult bit, is riding it out and and saying that I'm not gonna do that anymore or you I'm know gonna what? use something
0: else. You're you're spot on. Right. I I um that's one of my frustrations mm-hmm. with with myself yeah. as much as anything. Mm-hmm. But also, when I'm talking to other people, I have the same kind of thing where um, I know loads of people who um, know what to do. Yeah, they know what they should be yeah. should. I hate the word "should," but they know what if they did this, it would make them potentially feel better. Yeah. But actually doing it. So for me, for example, going for a run.
1: Yeah.
0: I know when I used to run. And I'm only talking a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy it very much, but I. But at the end of it, I'd be like, I'd that sense of, yeah, I did it, yeah. was worth it. So I know mm-hmm. that that could happen for me, mm-hmm. but I could sit and stare at my trainers for yeah, like yeah, yeah. 10 Same. minutes and yeah. go, no, yeah. just, no I'm going to watch Columbo. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's just easier. And it, uh, so it's actually doing the change, isn't it? It's actually yeah. making...
1: I think there's two things there. I think there's having something that I've come to know know as the gift of desperation. So if you need it enough, you will make that change. And then I think the other thing is you can't do it by yourself. And I think so many people want to either secretly make this transformation and everyone go, my God, you seem amazing. Where's Mm. this come from? Or shout about it and let everyone know that they're doing it. But both of those things are still done very much by yourself. If you ask for the support and you can gain a bit of humility around it and join a running club or, you know, ask for help and maybe think, maybe understand that you don't know everything about everything. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. Oh, oh, that's a kicker. You don't want to admit that. So I think... I've certainly learnt with a few things in my life that I can't really do much on my own. Yeah. You know, it's it's certainly not start something. Well in terms so in terms
0: of um the recovery mm. aspect then. Yeah. So you talked in the article about um going into the steps recovery yeah. programme. Well, I don't know an awful lot about that. So what 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 is that? What's the, how does that work?
1: Um so for me I um when it comes to recovery, that's very much, you know, an anonymous thing. Um, but the steps really just help you to work through um, what you need. So you identify your
0: patterns and then you you make that change. But how did you identify your patterns? Did you have someone help you to do that then? Did yes.
1: You... So um, you will you'll get a sponsor okay. and, and you'll work the programme with them and then you'll have support from other people. Fellow addicts who are there to help you, really. Um, so, yeah, you you know, as I say, I, I was very aware of it already, but there was things that came up from, from writing it down and talking to someone about it that, that came up that were like, bloody hell, have I not... What? How did I not notice that? That is what I used to do. It was so obvious to everyone else. And it always is, you know, when you're in it you don't realise the extent of something and you justify your behaviour yeah. and it becomes a norm, you know if you self-harm to the extent that I did but you, the first time was terrifying and it was such a huge thing but you know, by the 76th time that I was, you know, I knew the ambulance people and it was just a thing I did Right. so it's, um, and then you will ostracise yourself from people because you don't want to look at the truth so you will you'll start to really just break yourself off from people or tell lies you know I'd lie all the time and say stupid lies that people wouldn't believe. you know I remember the first time I did it it was it was a really bad incident, and I made everyone laugh telling them a joke at sixth Form about how I'd fallen over on a piece of glass you know yeah. so so did,
0: so in terms of relationships there yeah. as well mm. how, how like because what that made me think about relationships was that that person or those people that you were talking to yeah sounds like they were kind of you know it's not always that someone can tell you is it it's that you have like you say you have to realize yourself yeah so sometimes if someone's talking to you but you then realize you know they're saying something that Gets you there yourself rather than them just telling you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, that's that's a powerful thing. So that relationship is quite important. With so, I'm I'm interested to know like what the catalyst was for you, for your recovery. So yeah. like from the last time you self-harm for example was yeah. there something that happened the reason i'm asking yeah, yeah just to be very clear is that there will be people listening to this that, mm. that will you know a lot of it will resonate with them yeah like hopefully and they'll yeah so it's like you know i know there's a different path for everybody sure but listening to what happened for you might might help
1: yeah so i um basically i hmm let me just so <laughs> what happened was i was on my knees in every sense, and I was so basically where I used to work, had um a programme that they work with um with counselling, etc., that's given for free if you want it. So I had come to a point where I was really dead spiritually, and I was finding it quite hard to reasons to carry on so I rang them and just said "I, I, I need help I don't know what's going on and this has happened to me many many times in my life I've had numerous rock bottoms I don't think anyone gets to one rock bottom and thinks I'm gonna make a change yeah you know we really need to beat ourselves and prove that things are as bad as we think they might be um so yeah I basically that happened and I was on the phone to somebody and they suggested suggested a 12 step program to me and I hadn't heard of it before and I said oh right okay so what what do I do and they said you just turn up literally you just turn up I'll give you the number for their helpline if you've got any questions so I found out when this meeting was I rang the helpline I said do I need money do I turn up they said you just turn up and I'll always remember he said the worst thing that can happen to you is that someone offers you a cup of tea I thought right, okay, oh, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. <laughs> he might, yeah. So um, it was the following. It was on the Friday, and I was at work, and it was uh, I was leaving work early. It was half past four, and the meeting was at half past seven. And I remember turning to one of my colleagues, and they could tell I was quite distressed. And I said, oh, I've got this meeting because I wanted to be quite open about it. And they were like, Oh, you're you're all right, pal. It's only it's only three hours. And in that moment, I just thought, you don't get it, do you? And mm. I got really angry. And they were being lovely, but they just didn't get me. And I found that really difficult. So then I went on Tinder, messaged this guy who was gross, I had no interest in it at all, and was quite lecherous, and just met him for a drink and then just got absolutely obliterated. Mm. And then went home and I remember there was... I can't remember getting home, but I remember looking at some champagne in my fridge, which I'd been given, and necking that, taking a knife upstairs with me. And then the next thing was my friends and the ambulance kicking my door down. And I'm like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. Got taken to hospital and then um, discharged myself and then woke up in my own blood and vomit and just thought, oh, yeah, okay, Mm okay. And then went to some counselling on the Monday, which was set in, which was awful, because I had to get on a bus ride, which was like an hour out of town, but I made it, and I remember that was a real moment where I thought, I think you want this, because you've yeah. got up and you've got on that bus, yeah. and you've gone. And then, um, and then yeah, and then I went went to the, the meeting on the Friday, got there this time, and haven't
0: used self-harm drugs or alcohol since then. Wow. So, that's, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, what a, what, that's mm. just incredible. Um so in, so then so once you've been once you've started on that twelve step program yeah, since then, yeah <clears throat> what I've seen i' I'd like follow you on Instagram and yeah. stuff and um you're like um you're outrageous <laughs> <laughs> and in what regard no, it's just great, no, I just like you because you're just. You are you are like an embodiment of someone who's going. This is me. Yeah. When I when I look at your Instagram, nice. every time I get something, that yeah, I yeah. see you post something. I'm like, yep, yeah, there she is, cool. there's Kat. <laughs> and I and, and I love it. Um, but you are now on this kind of mission to help other people as well. So like, you know, we've just got a few minutes left. Tell me now. Mm. Tell me what you're what you're doing. Like um what what's your goal now? What are you trying to achieve?
1: My goal is to help other people who've been in as much pain as I was because I don't really want anyone else to to go through that and to know that there's a solution as well. So I the other thing that I really want to do is which I'm sure we'll go on to the next time we meet, but I um I really want to change the face of people's kind of perception of addiction because I think all of my problems stem from addiction Mm. so be that self-harm drugs alcohol men whatever kind of coping mechanisms I used and you know you say addict to a lot of people and they think of someone that has got you know on the streets heroin needle hanging out their arm um but actually I've learned that an addict is very it's to do with your mind and there's people that are addicts and are not addicts Mm. and I really want to bring to the forefront of people's minds that it's it's a mental health issue and it isn't someone who is a bad person and that they can be helped mm. um and that their life can be made better and you know I don't I I just don't want anyone else to, to kind of suffer the way that I suffered now me knowing that there's something that can help. And so help. I just want to
0: spread the word really Yeah, I know, and you're doing a great job of it like mm. already. Like so but so In terms of how you're looking to do that, are you looking to do that through, like, like you say, public speaking? Yeah, so
1: I'd like to do, you know, workshopping with people and going and speaking at events and just giving people the takeaway from that and also people who aren't addicts, being able to show them the things that I've implemented in my life that have progressed it and and made it happier and better that they can implement in in their lives on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. So being, you know, the, the... the just doing of it, but also as someone that suffers with their mental health, knowing that there's days that you can't, but you need to give yourself a break, and then the days when you do feel able, act on that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's powerful stuff. Mm. I mean, I I think just to kind of finish off, I think that with um, with something as extreme like I say as self harm, yeah. it can be quite a, a scary thing for yeah, people definitely. to approach and for people to yeah, um, for people to be asking about, and that's why yeah. I really when we when we met, I was like. This is something that could mm. really help people mm. out there listening. Mm. Like to hear a perspective and go, okay, that sounds similar to me. Yeah. There are aspects of that are like me. Yeah. And that there is something I can do about it. But that's a powerful thing as well, saying yeah. about the fact that actually it is internal, yeah. it is a mental health thing. You yeah. know, it is something that you can work on, the yeah. same as you can work on like building physical strength, yeah. you can work on your mental... For sure, so. and
1: it's all about building identification with someone, so you need to be listening to, you know, the things that are that are similar, and it's all to do with the feelings, it's not to do with, you know, this person used a knife, but this person burnt themselves, but this person did yeah. it in a slightly different way. It's, yeah. it's, okay, so I identify with you and those feelings, and I want to do a similar thing, but you can stop that. Um, and I also think that... Um, you know, for me, it was a 12-step fellowship that worked. Yeah. Um, but for some people, just talking to someone, talking to someone... You know, I was always... People would always suggest to me, go and speak to a therapist, go and speak to a counsellor. I was like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And there was a part of me that wasn't ready, and it is a decision that you have to make. However, people need to be supportive. They need to listen and not just wait to speak and not be scared of this person because they're self-harm. They're not a pariah, you know this is someone that you know and you care about and love. Listen to why they're doing it. Don't, you know, shy away from it because they're physically... And I think especially for parents, that's a really hard thing to digest that your child is harming themselves. You know, and the go-to is, I need to be doing... They they feel offended because of the way they've parented, but you just need to listen to your child and listen to what they're asking for. Well,
0: one of the things you said, one of the things um, you... At the end of your article, I'm, I'm telling the whole of an article here, no, like, good. <laughs> You've said about self-harm shouldn't be normalized, but having compassion um, about a lack of judgment that those who suffer should be. Yeah. I really love that sentence. So, like, I, 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 you know, you're so insightful with it that mm. I'm sure you're going to be able to help so many people going mm. forwards. And it's, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And Likewise. thank you for coming in and, no, and talking you. to you about it. So um, if people want to follow you on Instagram, what's your, what's your Instagram so it is Katrina underscore E, underscore Lawrence. Perfect. OK. Um, thanks again for coming in, and thank you guys out there for listening. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Mentalcoms or on Instagram Mental Conversations, and uh, another episode will be winging its way to you pretty soon. Thanks.